You're listening to the Kingdom Culture Church Podcast. To connect with us, hop on social media or go to kingdomculturechurch.com.au. How are we, church? So good to see you tonight. Uh, We're so pumped that you're with us. This is the first week uh, that we are doing a different sermon, morning and night. So morning crew, uh, I hope you're all here tuning in. Uh, I hope you watched Pastor Caleb's message this morning. Aren't we just so blessed as a house to have Pastor Caleb uh, bringing the Word? Such a good teacher, so funny, so articulate. Uh, We love our preaching staff uh, here at church. Well, I hope you're doing well. And uh, just before I preach tonight, I just wanted to touch on something uh, separately because it doesn't really relate to my message. But I just wanted to talk about the season we're in. And I wanted to talk about the fact that we are doing our utmost, our senior pastors, you, if you follow their pages, you'll see they're bringing life-giving devotionals and, and we're doing all we can to make sure in this season we keep pointing to Jesus and we keep content moving, we keep contact flowing. But the honest truth is it's not as good as real life. And I think we've got to be okay to say that. Real life is better. In person is better. We love digital. We love uh, the innovation that the church globally and across Australia has had to take to lean in. But can I tell you, in person is better. And if you've been thinking that and you've been feeling that, it's okay. You're not alone. Uh, And as a staff and as a team, we are counting down the days to be able to meet together, to be able to have this this altar full, uh, to be able to have coffee together on a Sunday morning. Sandra running the kids' ministry, mums in the mother's room, uh, laying hands on people after we've used antibacterial wipes. But we are so pumped for the day where we can come back into the house. But until then, we're going to keep doing KCC online. We're going to keep believing for a move of God. And we're just so thankful that you're with us. So I'm not going to preach very long tonight, but I want to ask you to lean in, uh, lean forward on your couch, grab a Coke, grab a tea, grab a coffee. Probably not a Coke, it's nighttime. But I want to encourage you to lean in, enjoy the service, enjoy the word. Uh, tonight, and uh, we just believe that you're going to be impacted. So, I want to preach to you a message called Suddenly. Gets me pumped. Sean, give me a suddenly. Suddenly. That was good. John, to give me a suddenly. suddenly. Steve, give me a suddenly. Suddenly. It was all right. Steve's a long way away. So, I want to speak to you about uh, the thought and the concept of suddenly, the God of the suddenly, uh, uh, but also the God of the process and how we can mix those two up and how we can hold the tension of that in this time. But my message title is called Suddenly, uh, and we're going to read a passage of Scripture from Malachi 3.1. Malachi 3.1. Genesis, Exodus, Malachi. Look, I'm sending my messenger and he will prepare the way before me. Then the Lord you are seeking will come suddenly to his temple. The messenger of the covenant whom you look for so eagerly is surely coming. I want to read that passage again. The messenger of the covenant whom you look for so eagerly is surely coming. I love that passage. It's filled with hope. It's filled with anticipation. It's filled with expectation. And I think in this time and in this season, we need hope. We need expectation and we need anticipation for the best is yet to come and the good things of God that are happening now, but also in our future. So why don't we pray together quickly and then we'll get this preaching party started. Father, I thank you today. Thank you tonight for your anointing. We thank you, God, that you're here. We thank you, Lord, that even though this uh, online model we're running can feel a touch 2D and we, we can't reach people and we can't give people a hug, but Lord, we know you're in the midst. We know you're here. We know you're reaching our hearts and our lives. And 
You're not restricted to a building or to a, a medium of church, Lord. You're in lounge rooms, you're in houses, but most importantly, you're in us. You're in our hearts, you're in our lives, you're in our souls. And God, we just thank you for who you are. And we know that you're going to move by your power uh, in the next couple of minutes. In Jesus' name. And everyone said, and everyone said, Amen. Amen. The three guys that are here with me are very much on board. Hey, suddenly in the dictionary, its definition is this. Happening quickly and unexpectedly. Happening quickly and unexpectedly. I love that. It's a, it's a good thought. Uh, it's exciting. I want to propose to you that our God is a God that has the ability, the capability, the supernatural power to do things suddenly. But the God that is the God of the suddenly is also the God of the process and the journey. And I don't know if you're like me at all, but I like the God of the suddenly. I get excited about that. The God of the end suddenly. The God of the miracle. The God of the, the, the dead raising God. The God that heals sickness in a moment. The God that brings freedom. But I want to propose to you that even though that's a truth and a reality and it's needed, God is also a God of process. God is also a God of refinement. God is also a God that takes us from here to here and He teaches us things along the way. And I think that's important. I want to tell you a story about me and my wife, Anna, and I love my wife, and I've got to be careful because I'm sitting next to her right now as we're watching this service, and I'm within striking distance, as it were, um, so pray for, you, pray for your boy. But we have been married six years and a couple of months, and what a six years it's been, babe. I just want to, just want to lavish you with love and honour and appreciation for putting up with me for six years and two months, and long may it continue. And uh, uh, amen, uh, amen. But we got married uh, at Ocean View Estate, uh, owned by some beautiful people in our church. Uh, Kate and Thomas, I want to encourage you. Go down to Ocean View and grab yourself a loaf of bread and some cheese and some nibblies and support them in that way. But we got married there and it was fantastic. And then, uh, then the next day we flew to Fiji for our honeymoon. And, uh, you know, it was actually funny. The next day we went snorkeling in Fiji, uh, swimming around. And I lost my wedding ring. And uh, it's pretty crazy because wedding rings are obviously very important. And I actually lost five wedding rings in 12 months. Uh, and you might think to yourself, Fred, that's really weird. And I would agree with you. Uh, that's a high ratio of ring lossing, lose it. It's bad. And I think that, uh, anyway, so I was swimming around. I lost my ring. And, and uh, as you can see here, I've actually got a tattoo uh, because uh, there it is. It says A, a for uh, awesome, amazing, attractive Annie. And uh, I can't lose a tattoo. So that's positive because you don't want to, you know, it's just funny, you know, the day before my dad's marrying us going, you know, this ring is a symbol of undying love. And then I, I, I lost it. But our love didn't die. It's fine. But anyway, so we're at honeymoon, we're in, we're in Fiji, we're loving life, and we go to dinner, and there's a buffet. There's a buffet, and there's one section that's seafood, uh, and Anna loves seafood. My wife loves seafood. Is anyone watching like seafood? Seafood is often quite strange, crustacean-type uh, feedings, uh, crabs, shrimps, and prawns, and, and, and uh, mussels, and cockles, and uh, all these weird things uh, that you eat. They're all a bit salty. They taste like the ocean. I'm not huge on seafood. Seafood's kind of strange. I don't mind a few things, but I don't like seafood. My wife loves seafood. I like normal food. I like steak, pasta, bread, salad, that sort of thing. So I'm dominating the carbs line. I'm just like, um, num, 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 get in my belly. And Anna is eating all the weird and wonderful things that crawl around the bottom of the ocean. And we have a great night. We go back to the hotel room. And, and an hour or so later, I'm watching Journey to the Center of the Earth 2 with a ham and cheese toasty. And you might think to yourself, wow, didn't you just have dinner? Yeah, but the thing is, um, 
shush because it's my honeymoon. I can do what I want. So I'm eating a ham and cheese toast. I'm watching this movie. And at about 11 o'clock, Anna goes, hey, I need to go to the bathroom. I'm like, cool. You go to the bathroom, do your thing. And, and, and I'm going to hang out here with Brendan and Frazier. And so I'm there for about 20 minutes and I realize my wife hasn't come out. And so I thought, I better check on her, be a diligent husband, get some brownie points. You know, we're only 72 hours in. I better, you know, put my best foot forward. So I go into the bathroom and my wife is kneeling in front of the toilet. Now, I don't know about you, but I usually sit on toilets. I don't really kneel in front of them. My wife is very spiritual. She's a missionary. So I thought maybe she's interceding for the nations. Uh, But she wasn't. She was very ill. She was feeling unwell. She wasn't feeling great. And I looked at her and I said, hey, do you need help? What can I do? And she looks at me and she goes, hey, I know I need you to get out. Now, that noise people make just before they throw up, uh, it's a very gross noise. I'm not a fan of it. So when people do that, I often do the same thing. So my wife's like, hey, I need you to get out. And I'm like, babe, I'm not going to leave you. You know, it's going to be fine. I got you here for you. Uh, and then, you know, I start declaring in tongues. I'm like, you know, you know, I'm just feeling real sick. And my wife is there and she begins to throw up. And sorry for the details, but, you know, you know, this is real life, Okay. During COVID, we need real stories about real people, real life. This is us. And so we, this is going on and I'm being a good husband. I'm holding her hair and I'm thinking to myself, this is great. You know, I'm being, not that she's sick, but I'm being supportive. And she turns around, she looks at me and she says, I need you to get out. And I'm thinking, you know, wives don't like, Anna still, if she's feeling sick, doesn't want me around, but I wanted to be supportive. I'm like, I'm staying. And she looks at me, right? I've never seen her look at me like this. And she, I don't know if you can get in there on my eyes, Jonty. I'm going to try and encapsulate. And I probably won't be able to. Maybe you can add a fire effect on my eyes. But she looked at me and she said, Hey, I need you to get out now. And I kept protesting, but my feet started moving backwards because I knew something was happening. She said, Get out. She goes, She grabs a towel. She looks at me, Get out. Everything goes slow-mo. Get out. I start backing up. She grabs another towel. She starts going around the back. She's got a towel going towards her mouth and a towel going around the back. And I'm like, that's my cue, team. Let's go. And I leave and I go out. And all I can say is it sounded like someone was strangling a cat in that bathroom. Man, stuff happened. You know, God left that place. You know, it became a place of desperation and, and, and just full on. She had really serious food poisoning, obviously, and it was really hectic and it went on for hours and I had to call my mum and, and uh, get some medical advice and it was full on. But the, the reason why I tell that, that uh, graphic depiction uh, of my honeymoon is that actually, even though it seemed to happen within a couple of minutes, uh, my wife vomiting and throwing up and being unwell, that had started at six o'clock at dinner because she had ingested something, she had partook of something that was contaminated. She had partook of something that was bad. And really, this story really captures my thought process for this sermon tonight, is that the things we sow often turn into and suddenlies. And suddenlies in our life, whether it's a God moment or whether it's a, it's a bad moment, whether it's a sad moment, oftentimes, not all the time, but oftentimes, we have actually planted that field and are now standing in the crop that we planted. Sometimes we're pumped, sometimes we're devastated, sometimes we're confused. Now, of course, sometimes God just moves by His sovereign hand. has got nothing to do with how we've been living our lives. But I want to propose to you that more often than not, the way we've been living dictates the, uh, the, the moments we have in life and the things that we harvest and we reap in life. I want to tell you that the Bible means what it says. 
Now, <clears throat> very deep theological uh, teaching here. I believe that when it says in the Word of God that Jesus said, Lazarus, come forth, and he came out, I believe Lazarus came back to life. I believe that when Peter stepped out of the boat onto the water and he walked on water, I don't think it's metaphorical, I think he walked on water. I don't believe that when Jesus fed 5,000 people through the disciples, I don't believe that there was, like, it was like a metaphor for God's provision. I believe that by supernatural power, many loaves of bread and many fish multiplied with supernatural anointing and people were fed. Why is that important? I think it's important just to remind ourselves in this day, in this age, in the season that we're in, that God is still the God of the supernatural. God is still the God of the breakthrough. God is still the God of the miracle. And I think we've got to lean into that. I think it's important. I think there's a tension that we hold where we, we submit uh, to, to church authority. We submit to political authority in our land. We honour our leaders of our nation. We honour the medical and the health advice. And we also believe in the megathos, kratos, dunamis power of God that moves and shifts things, that can cast out sickness and pestilence. We believe in Psalm 91 protection. And I don't believe that these two trains of thought have to be at odds. I believe that we can live responsibly and wise and we can have faith that the God of the end suddenly is on our side, moving in us and through us, and he's ready to do something in this nation. Amen. Matthew 9.29 says this. Then he touched their eyes and said, according to your faith, let it be done in you. According to your faith. Faith's an interesting thing. We need to stay in faith in this time. A lot of churches, a lot of preachers are talking about stay in faith. Well, what does that mean? Well, for me, to stay in faith means to stay in belief that God is good and he's got a plan. Now, I want to get practical tonight. I believe that the, the testimony is one of the most powerful things you can lean into. Probably one of the most powerful encounters I've had, and many of you have heard it, was in 2006 at, at, at Hillsong Conference. And Reinhard Bonnke was preaching at the youth convention, uh, part of it, and I went forward for prayer. There's only about 150 of us, and he was praying for kids, and people were getting absolutely wiped out by the power of God. Just poof, poof, poof. And he got to me, and I'll never forget it. He looked at me, and he said, and I, I was standing there, and I opened my eyes, which I shouldn't have done because it was terrifying, but he looked at me, and he said, Young man! You can outmaneuver people, but you cannot outmaneuver God. And he laid hands on me. I can't even. Like young girls say that. You know, I can't even. I couldn't even though. Like this is the proper use of that colloquialism. Like I felt electricity run through my body. I hit the deck. I didn't know what was going on. Why tell this story? Hey, it reminds me that God's the God of Anne suddenly. God's the God of power. God's the God of the anointing. God can read our mouth. God can bring us a word. God can send us checks in the mouth. God can provide. God brings uh, peace to our, to our mental state. God brings healing to our mortal bodies. It's so important in this season to lean in with faith into who God is and what the Word of God says about Him. You know, I've got a couple of testimonies here uh, in, from things I've seen, but I'm going to skip through them. I'm going to probably say them at the end. I want to I read three points about the God of the and suddenly. Three points. The first one is the and suddenlies of God often come after the consistency of you. The, I'm going to say that again. The end suddenlies of God often come after the consistency of you. I said before, like with my wife, it, it wasn't just a random, her body didn't decide to randomly throw up and be sick. It was after she had diligently and consistently for about 45 minutes eaten stuff that was contaminated, stuff that was off. A tsunami, which is a devastating uh, natural disaster, it occurs when way out to sea, two tectonic plates move a couple of centimetres. 
And what happens is at the top of the, the ocean line, a tiny wave starts moving towards land. Starts about that small. A boat could be out there and wouldn't even feel it. But by the time it reaches land, it's built momentum, it's had consistency, and it's built up force behind it. And the results, obviously, as we've seen on the news and in movies, is, is just catastrophic and full on. So it is, I believe, in our spiritual lives and in our daily lives, the end suddenlies are often based on what we've been doing consistently. So I want to tell you, if I can be honest in this time, you know, for example, the Bureau of Meteorology, uh, Bureau of Statistics rather, uh, released a stat the other day saying that pornographic website searches have gone up 70% since the world basically started self-isolating. That is building up for people that are engaging in that, a negative tsunami in their life. And I don't want to be too blunt tonight, but it's the truth. And, and, and there's things that we're doing that aren't right and we need, we need to step away from that. But the reverse is also true. As we plant seeds of faithfulness, as we plant seeds of kindness, as we plant seeds of spiritual discipline, it builds up a momentum in our life. And oftentimes we can sort of arrive at this place where we're like, oh, wow, I feel great. My anxiety's gone. God is the God of the end suddenly. And He is and He does. But it also can often be based on spiritual discipline, living in a certain way day after day. And the, 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 the principle of sowing and reaping has not disappeared just because of a, a global pandemic, right? In fact, I would say it's more important than ever because a lot of us have more time, more alone time, less to do. Hey, let's sow things of the Spirit. Let's sow seeds of faith in this time. I need to keep moving, but I hope this is speaking to you tonight. Next point is the most important and suddenly came 2,000 years ago in the Middle East on a cross the person of Jesus died for our sin. You might say, oh, great, that's cool. We heard about that. It was just Easter. We know, no, no, friend, I got to tell you, we need to meditate and dwell on the cross of Jesus Christ. We need to dwell on the place of the cross. We need to dwell on what he did. It removes things that aren't of him. Can I tell you, we don't need, it's fine to pray, you know, COVID shrivel up and die, be defeated. It is defeated. Jesus defeated it on the cross. Nothing wrong with praying, Lord, would you get rid of my anxiety? As long as we understand it's been purchased. You don't need to wait for another breakthrough. You don't need to wait for Scott Morrison to change the laws. You don't need to wait for any of that stuff to be fulfilled and satisfied and whole. Jesus won the victory, man. Jesus won the battle. That beautiful place, that beautiful cross, that seven-mile walk, that beautiful exchange. He won the battle. He paid the price for your mental health, for your satisfaction, for your soul, for your job, for your provision. It's been won. I want to encourage you tonight, maybe, maybe even, uh, you know, I can't check if you do this, but maybe you could even stand up right now at home, just as a prophetic act, and maybe just step, take a step forward. And what are you doing by that? You're stepping into the victory Jesus has won. If you're feeling, you're not sleeping, you're stepping into His rest. If you're feeling weak, you're stepping into His strength. If you're feeling anxious and depressed, you're stepping into His peace. If you're feeling fear, you're stepping into the God of the sound mind. Whatever you're feeling at the moment, I want to tell you, you can step into the breakthrough one in the cross. That's for you today. The best end suddenly was when Jesus said, it is finished. It does not say that he went and he took the keys of death and, and, and life and death, and, and, but not for global pandemics. It says that he went and he took all authority back. And if Christ is in you and you're the hope of glory and you're a Christian, you believe in him, you've professed him with your mouth, you believed in your heart, you have the authority of heaven and earth on the inside of you. Whoa! 
You have the answer for your neighbour. You have the answer for your family. Can I encourage you? It's not about being weird. It's not about going to work, being like, there isn't even a global pandemic. No, no, there is. It's not about, you know, being strange and, and, and doing weird things and, you know, going on social media and being like, I curse you, COVID, and we're going to open up everything because we're not subjective to the government. No, 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 it's not about that. It's about going, hey, I don't have all the answers. I don't know what's going to happen. But we have a very present help in time of need. His name is Jesus. He loves us. He's for us. He's with us. He cares about us. Well, what's your, what's your status on 5G towers? I don't know. But can I point you to Jesus? If you're struggling for a tactic in this time, point to Jesus. It all starts and ends with the person of Jesus. Every sermon, every message, every worship set, it's got to be the person of Jesus. He is our great and suddenly. He is our great and suddenly. Point number three. You're called to receive your end suddenly and then be someone else's end suddenly. Can I tell you something, church? In this time, I felt this too. We all want a rescuer. We all want to be like, man, I need help. I need rescue. You know, my, my awesome wife, she hasn't had, because of the situation, she hasn't had shifts in two weeks. It can be quite like, hey, Centrelink, rescue us. <laughs> hey, we need help. Hey, I need someone to call me and pray over me. Hey, I need this, I need this, I need this. We saw that in the shopping malls. Everyone was like, I need flour. And for some reason, I need 72 rolls of toilet paper. It's going to save me from COVID. How? I don't know, but I'm just going to do it. Can I tell you, in this time, don't just be a consumer. Don't, wave your, don't be the kid in the pool waving his hand going, I need saving. The church of Jesus Christ is called to rescue others. And as you shift your perspective, and I'm preaching to myself, from my needs, my future security, my certainty, to, hey, how can I bless others? How can I reassure others? How can I financially help others? How can I make sure I call my elderly neighbour or pop in and just check that they're doing okay? How can I call my family member who's over 70 and just even if they're Christian or not, point them to Jesus, ask how they're going, listen to how their day went. Come on, I'm telling you, man, you need to receive your end suddenly your moment of clarity. I even believe prophetically right now, as people are watching this, you're receiving your, oh, God's in control. Jeremiah 2011 still applies during a global pandemic. In fact, it was written to reassure us in a global pandemic. Jesus is still on the throne. He wasn't taken by surprise by this. But as you receive that revelation and truth, go and bless someone else. Go and reassure someone else. Go and give someone else money. Go and, dare I say, go and donate your toilet paper to someone else. Come on, in this time, in this season, if you focus just on yourself, you will begin to drown in the thoughts of what you don't have and what you need and what's going on. Can I encourage you, turn your eyes first to Jesus and then as you see through the eyes of Jesus, you'll see the needs of others and your needs will start to become, it said, there's an old song that says, and the things of earth will become strangely dim. Can I challenge you just for a second? I don't want to be whatever. Your needs and your stuff, that's earthly things. It's not that it's not important. Jesus wants to look after you, but let's turn our eyes to how can I help other people? How can I encourage other people? This is the God of the end suddenly. 
This is the God of the end suddenly. I'm going to give a, a space for people to respond to Jesus just in a moment, but I just want to finish with one thought, and that's this. I believe that there's a prophetic offer for us, church, and as believers, to step out of COVID better than we stepped into it. I believe there's an offer for the church of Jesus Christ to leave this with high levels of faith, high levels of trust, deeper intimacy with the Father, more better discipleship, better structures, back to basics, all this stuff. So let's sow seeds now. Because I believe that there's a situation where we stride back into normal life with bigger churches, bigger meetings, bigger altar calls, more salvations. But if I can be frank, there's a scenario, I believe, where just like my poor wife, if we consume the wrong thing, we'll step out of the season, not how we want to be, not where we want to be. So can I encourage you, let's step out of this full of faith, full of life, and that starts now. That starts now. Really quickly, I'm just going to pray for anyone under the sound of my voice who wants to say yes to Jesus. I believe there's people watching this and titles are so arbitrary, aren't they? Like, oh, I'm a Christian. I'm not, I'm not asking any of that. Are you in love with Jesus? Do you know Jesus? I'm going to pray real quick. Father, I thank you right now for everyone under the sound of my voice, that anyone that's far from you would come to know you. Anyone that has walked away from you would begin that prodigal walk back to the Father's house. I pray right now for boldness in people responding, that people in lounge rooms and on their phones and in gatherings, Father, they would respond to you. Jesus, the beginning and the end, the thing that it all points to, the person of Jesus Christ. Hey, if that's you in this, you know, in this time, I want to encourage you, don't stay silent. Don't just keep it on the inside. I want to encourage you, if that was you, email us at care at kingdomculturechurch.com.au or do the little hand emoji in the chat right now so that one of our staff can see it and chase you up and follow you up and love on you and send you a gift and pray with you. We don't want you to be left alone. But I've got to finish up. I'm out of time. Hey, church, let's believe that the God of the end suddenly is for us now. Let's operate in faith. Let's operate in hope. And let's operate in love in this time. Keep up to date with everything we're doing digitally and on our socials. We love you so much. We'll see you next week. Be blessed.